0: I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. But being this is a .44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Punk. You're <laughs> a
1: Welcome to the Shooting Bench. For the next hour, I'll be bringing you commentary and important updates on current events, as well as information on guns, training, preparedness, and other Liberty-related issues. Let's get started. R.A.T. right now. Alrighty, and welcome to the shooting bench. It is the third of February and it's a Monday. Appreciate you guys going. Hope you had a good weekend. I don't know how many of you watched the the Stupid Bowl. I d I didn't bother with it, but uh obviously for some of the things that they've done in this last anti gun ad and stuff. Uh people that are they're sticking by their guns and, and uh not spending their money, putting their money where their mouth is, uh didn't watch it. But I'll have to say this: as much as I'm not a fan, and I will probably never watch it, um, this was a pretty exciting game. I didn't watch it to find that out, but um, I guess the uh, who was the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, haven't won a Super Bowl in 50 years. So I got to give them that. You know, whatever else they've done, uh, that's pretty exciting, especially for them. Not so much for me. But uh, they played in the first Super Bowl. I don't know how many of you know this, but in the very very first Super Bowl in 1967, and uh, it not look like they've won one since. So good for them. But still not a fan. The I um, I need to check and see here. Um, my chat room's still not working, so I can't see what's going on. It is working on my phone, and I don't know why it's not on the computer. I think, as I said before, I think it's a flash player problem. So I saw on my phone it looks like Concrete managed to get his problem fixed, so I need to find out what he did. And it looks like he got his show started without a hitch this time, so I think we've got a system worked out here that's going to uh, be very beneficial for all of us and help us to uh get our shows running on time, help Amy to be in here on time and uh, everything else. So I think it's going to turn out pretty good. Um, I don't know what the weather's doing where you're at, but uh it was supposed to get some snow uh today, but it hasn't happened yet and uh doesn't look like it's going to. But it's uh going to be cold. I think our high tomorrow is going to be like 30 after a high of um, almost 60 or about 60 sunday so it was um, a pretty drastic change they were going to be right back into the 50s here in a couple of days so anyway kind of uh, kind of aggravating so if you remember a time or two here, you know, you you've heard me have to get up in the middle of the show here numerous times because the dogs were going crazy enough, shot a couple of coyotes during the show, not counting the bear that I killed during the show that time. But um we've had this mystery coyote that has apparently learned to climb fences and everything and we've put up barriers and try to, you know, make it where it's impossible for him to, to climb and we're finding Still, uh, dead chicken. Now, you know, I, I don't know if I told you or not, but here in the not too distant future, we're going to have to move. So, um, uh, probably in the next six or eight months, no, no real big hurry, but, uh, so we're not going to put a lot of money into revamping this chicken pen. We've been, been here for seven years and have never had this problem. We've had a coyote get a chicken every now and then. It was out of the pen and out running around. So, you know, we're it was a, it was an acceptable loss, you know, once ever. Two or three months, not too big of a deal. But um, this has got—we noticed one day that we were way down on chickens, way down, and hadn't been able to figure out. We can't find tracks. Uh, couldn't figure it out. We saw tracks one time in the snow uh, off of one corner over there, and Amy thought it was a bobcat, and I didn't go look at it, and you know, just a quick look in the melted snow, you know, could have been a you know anything, but uh, we assumed it was coyote. So, oh no, Amy! No, I didn't. Amy didn't think it was buck. Amy thought it was a coyote. And in the snow, we couldn't uh, couldn't really tell anyway because it was melting and tracks were getting bigger, so hard to hard to show and hard to tell. And uh so we've been, you know, making sure we lock them up at night. We knew it wasn't a weasel because a weasel can't carry off a whole chicken. You know, they'll they'll kill them, but uh, usually most of the chickens left, uh, in the, in the coop there somewhere. The, uh, they, the chickens were leaving, so we figured it was a coyote hauling them off, but we didn't know how the coyote was getting back over the fence. I uh, just couldn't figure it out. We even thought, you know, the one thing we never thought of was a bobcat. We haven't seen a bobcat since we've been here haven't talked to anybody that's seen one since we've been here but we knew there's it's it's a possibility in this part of the country but it didn't dawn on us but that's why no tracks and no anything else so um i went out there one day to lock the chickens up it was after dark and i um made a lot of racket trying to you know get in the, the gate with a found a chicken outside. So he, he had the chicken under one arm and it's trying to open the gate. And, and uh, as soon as I walked around the corner, I heard something thump and I turned the flashlight and looked and there's a bobcat that jumped out over one corner. So I put that chicken down and uh, run around to the other corner and it run to a certain area over there, you know, it's about 40, 45 yards away. And it's stopped for a second i thought it was going to get away but I mean, it stopped for a second and it was kind of a risky shot i was holding the flashlight in one hand the pistol in the other and and it was 45 yards away and he was right in between two propane tanks and i said well i may burn the whole damn shop down but i'm going to get that bobcat and uh so it was a you know a little bit of a tough shot considering this the uh the circumstances and i hit him pretty hard and and uh he went down and and uh i started over there and he jumped up and and took off but that just few seconds he was down he made a pretty good uh blood puddle there and and uh as i followed him through the snow he finally got off somewhere and he got in a tree or or something i followed the tracks up to a tree he was bleeding pretty good Followed the tracks up to a tree, looked all around in the tree with a flashlight on all the sides that I could get to. It was pretty brushy and couldn't see real well. Heavy, real thick trees, uh, juniper trees. And, um, the tracks didn't come out on the other side and I piddled around there for a half an hour in that one spot. Never did, never did find him. But we haven't lost any more chickens either. So he either run off up there and died or uh coyotes got him or something, one or the other. But uh so far we haven't lost any more. So that's the the adventures of Copenhagen in the living in the woods here. Okay. Well that's enough of all that. You know, we got quite a bit of gun stuff to talk about tonight. And some other things besides uh, while we, since we already talked about the Super Bowl a little bit, let's go back and hit that again real quick. There's, um, uh, and everybody's seen this on Facebook, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Uh, Bloomberg has put a lot of money into, uh, an anti-gun ad on the Super Bowl. And, uh, this is a, he put a 60-minute ad in there. Probably, I don't know how many million dollars it cost him, but several. And, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry, 60 seconds. Yeah, 60 second ad. And, uh, so if Amy said it was $6 billion for 30 seconds. We can assume it was at least 12, I would think, uh, for this, but, and accepting that ad is their business if that's what they want to do. However, we know back in 2014, we made a big deal of it here on the show. We actually got to go to the, to the shot show that year and meet the people that, uh, tried to put a very conservative pro-gun, although it was no mention of guns, just a picture. It was very, very, very conservative, uh, low impact type, uh, ad, you know, there's no way that it was could be offensive to anybody without using some imagination, and they declined it, and they declined another one this year, another pro-gun ad, but they left, so that's the problem everybody has. It's not so much that they, that Bloomberg spent all the money to put his ad in there, it's the fact that they wouldn't allow any of the gun groups, so that's why one of several reasons not to mention the capernick fiasco and and all these other idiots that won't kneel and everything uh, a lot of people i know haven't healed up from that yet uh they're not they're not watching the super bowl they have better things to do you know i've had friends say they'd rather go watch paint dry some of them rather go fishing some of them are are going out to uh, practice their you know practice shooting uh you know going to do other things with the family but they're not watching the Super Bowl they're sticking to their guns and uh you know will it will it make any difference to the people probably not probably not and I'm sure that there's uh they they keep track of the uh, uh people that are watching it and attendance and stuff and then it's probably down a little but considering what they charge for the seats and what they charge for the ads it's probably, in the overall scheme of things, probably not gonna make a whole lot of difference. But it makes a difference to me, and it makes a difference to the, the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of my friends, uh, on Facebook that are not watching this year and haven't watched. For, I don't know how many of them say they haven't watched for several years, and, and uh, especially since the Kaepernick stuff started. And it, it matters to us it matters that we will stand by what we believe in whether or not it makes any difference to the super bowl to the nfl uh, the advertisers um, we'd like for it to but it still matters to us if there was one thing that lavoy wanted to share with us one very simple message one word message it was stand stand for your beliefs, stand for your family, stand for your friends, stand for the Constitution, stand for this country, stand for the flag. Stand. It's all he asks. It's the only thing he asks. And if not watching the Super Bowl, if it is so incredibly important to you, you know, people say, well, I'm not going to buy Levi's anymore, and I'm not going to go to... To uh, uh, what's that? The chicken wing play, whether Red Robin? Um, I'm not going to go to you know this, that, and the other, and I'm not doing business here, and I'm not buying any of those, blah, blah, blah. But let the end if let a, let a football game come on, or let a, uh, a NASCAR race come on, and all that goes right out the window for a lot of them. So you either stand or you don't. and those those type of people absolutely i cannot tell you how bad that annoys me but it is what it is i guess one of those things doesn't mean i have to like it it just is what it is all right well let's let's move along here let me get my other screen back up here and see what's going on let me just, uh, no particular order here. Let me start with this one. Is there anything about the, oh, oh, one last thing about the Super Bowl. And I, I, <laughs> this part I like. The guy, I guess, um, uh, the defensive end, guy, the guy's name is Frank Clark with the Kansas City Chiefs. Black guy. Wore a, and, and it, it is significant to me that he's black because, I think it's important for people to see that there are, there's even groups out there now, you know, black people for Trump and, and all of this. Uh, it's important for people to know that, you know, that if stereotype blacks into the Democrat, and it has been that way for many years, uh, thanks to Lyndon B. Johnson for some of it, but, uh, you know, that's changing. It's changed with several of the minorities now are looking to say, you know, they we have been screwed over for a long, long time. We haven't gotten nearly out of this deal what we were supposed to get. We've been lied to and deceived for, you know, 100 years. And they're, they're, a lot of them are finally waking up, and they're seeing what's happening here. We're noticing this. I mentioned it the other day. They were noticing it out on the Navajo Reservation, and that is amazing. It's amazing. It's not. You know, it's unbelievable what we're seeing out there right now. But anyway, back to this guy. Frank Clark was wearing a Trump sweater to the Super Bowl press conference. I thought that was just more than a little bit awesome. He's got a, a hoodie on here with with a big picture of of uh, President Trump and something else there. I can't see it real well on here on uh, on the front of his sweatshirt. So that's pretty cool. This was actually uh, a couple of days. Uh, it was January thirty-first. You know, was, you know, three days ago, two or three days ago. All right, let's continue to march. Here we go. Oh wait, no, here we don't go. One last couple of things here. We haven't forgotten about the coronavirus. It has grown now there's a model here that they've built, and this model predicts that at the current rate, if it keeps going doing what it's doing, that by the end of this month, by the end of February there'll be over hundred and eighty three million people infected. Now that's not a that's that that's not a prediction it's just a model showing that if things go at the present rate. Uh 183 million nine hundred and forty three thousand two hundred and twenty-one people will have been infected by uh you know in the next three and a half weeks or so. Uh it's still it's still a very real thing. Matter of fact, I've got let me wait where's my phone back here. I had a deal come up here. Well, I'm not gonna get it because I'm messing up another picture there that I'm gonna need in a minute. But um it showed what the heck was it? 14,000 or 18,000 people infected in China, and 341 dead, I think it was. So uh, it is growing, and it's still not anything for us to run out and buy. You know, every every uh, uh, dust mask we can find and. Uh, you know, stockpile this, that, and the other. It is, you, you should already be prepared for this. You listen to the shooting bench. You listen to Living Way Out Here. You listen to, to the Tinker and you've listened to Concrete and you've listened to Mother Earth. You listen to, uh, 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 Chuck. And we've all told you over and over and over and over different ways to be prepared you know things to get things to make things to learn things to buy uh, so that you can be prepared in the event of of something like this happening so for most of us this should be for right now a fairly insignificant event it's not insignificant to the people that are dying but we should be in pretty good shape colloidal silver masks uh, stay away from crowds, wash your hands, you know, we've been through all that. No, we don't need to go into great detail of that again, but we do. Uh, there is going to be, as long as this continues to grow, I will continue to give you a brief reminder from time to time so that uh, you can remember to uh, touch up any any preparations you need to do. So, all right. Now then. There was something, let me, let me look at my time here and see what, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to start this. I think I'll start this one after the break. So let me, let me pick another one here. I'll do that. Here's a, well, yeah. let's do this. This is a, this is not too long. This is one of, uh, several campuses across the country now. This just as of, uh, three days ago. A Tennessee bill, is allowing, uh, if this let's see, if it's filed, it hasn't passed yet, will allow public college students with gun permits to carry on campus. All right, now I don't have a problem with that. I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, I I would, since it's a a school and you are. Privileged to go there because you pay money and you do this and you you follow certain rules and stuff. I would absolutely, without a doubt, make sure that everybody carried concealed if you're going to carry. For a number of reasons. Uh, not the least of which is, you know, to keep panic down. You know, if people don't know, uh, what they don't know won't hurt them. If they can't see it, it doesn't scare them. Uh, I'm not I, I'm not concerned about scaring people uh, ordinarily. But as I used to say, you know, many times years ago, there are certain places that even though it was legal for me to go openly, I didn't because I didn't like the, uh, the theater, for instance. The Boys and Girls Club. By the letter of the law, it was perfectly legal for me to carry openly in there, anybody to carry openly in there. But I don't want to Flaunt that. I don't want to push it on people. I don't want somebody to complain so much that, uh, you know, somebody withdraws funding, they take out their kids, you know, because they've seen a gun. And I think you should have the same respect and the same common sense in instances like that. So I always wore concealed in there because t- obviously because of all the, uh, the kids or all the kids were uh you know 14 years old you know 12 years old and under a lot of younger kids and when parents come to pick up these kids and they see somebody stand there and go, don't be a retard don't be stupid i mean that that is a common sense deal do we have the right to yes but that's like you know yelling fire in a crowded theater there's just there's just no reason for it and in the, I don't want that law. I don't want them in New Mexico when we're doing this. All they have to do, they don't have to wait for legislation. They don't have to get permission. They don't have to get a permit or anything from from the police department or from the state. All they have to do is put a sign up on the door that says, no guns. That's it. Then you become, a, it's a fourth-degree felony if they catch you. So use your head. The theater. Same thing. So this college with all these kids, why do you want to to throw it in everybody's faces? I know it's your right, I know it's legal, but if I was in charge of of this uh, this school, I would say yes, you can. You have a permit. You want to? Uh, I don't care if you have a permit or not, but if you're going to carry, it's going to be discreet and concealed, and it is not to be taken out, showed. Um, uh, for any reason, unless it's in self-defense of yourself and your and your uh, fellow students, the other reason uh, that I would say that is to keep a disgruntled student or even a teacher, ain't anybody, from snatching that gun from somebody while you're walking down the hall and carrying out a mass shooting or a suicide. There are benefits to carrying concealed. Sometimes, and like if you guys have read my deal about uh, why I carry openly, uh, you, you'll see that I, when it's prudent, in in many instances, just like we talked about tonight, I will carry concealed. If you haven't read that, it's kind of long. It's pretty good. There's a lot of lot of information in it, and uh, it is at, on my blog s-w-s-a-blog.com. Whether you put the www in front of it doesn't matter. Just put in SWSAblog.com. Uh, it will probably at some point also be on Brewbaker's uh, Brewbaker Arms blog. Uh, they're putting a lot of my. They're putting. Um, they're sending them one a week, and uh, they they've got two right now that they haven't put up yet. They're in the process of moving their shop. For those of you that are up in that part of the country. Uh, if you're not seeing much activity from them right now, especially on their website, it's because uh, they're moving. And they're moving to a big, nice facility. This will be a, a one-time move. They'll, they'll never, they've got room to expand. They'll never have to move again. So anyway, she's not being able to catch up on the, on the website, but you're going to see some good articles coming up uh, by yours truly coming up on that blog pretty quick. It's, uh, Brubakerarms.com is where it's at. And, uh, just when you open that up, click on the menu over on the right and go to forum and, uh, a lot of articles there by me and a few other people. Uh, there's some pretty good stories on there. Okay. Let me check my time again here. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Let's see here. Actually, we're just, we're just about break time. Alright. If you guys will, uh, don't mind sitting with bated breath and waiting for just a couple of minutes, I'm gonna find you a nice song here at play and, and, uh, I'll be back here in just a couple, three or four or five minutes or six or something like that. So stand by and I'll be back.
2: There was 40 feet between them when they stopped to make their play.
0: And the swiftness of the ranger is still talked about today. Texas red and not cleared leather for a bullet fairly ripped. And the ranger's
2: aim was deadly with the big
0: iron on his hip,
2: big iron on his hip. By my at From the corner of my eye I saw you and you laughed You were sitting on a swing On your front porch And painting your nails Like you were born And you yelled She was sure impressed with you Well I ain't first class But I ain't quite trash And wild and Some girls do. I yelled and asked if you would like me ride. Right. When we pulled out of your yard, I'm all day tired You was laughing at me, I was doing James Dean. You was the prettiest girl I'd ever seen. When you hold your eyes and twirl my favorite dice Well I ain't first class but I ain't quite trash And wild and a little crazy too and Some girls don't like boys like me Oh but some girls do I'm wild and a little crazy too Some girls don't like boys like me Oh, but some girls do Well, I ain't first class, but I ain't quite trash and wild and a little crazy too Some girls don't like boys like me Oh, but some girls do I said some girls do some girls do like boys like me, you know, some girls.
1: Welcome back to another segment of the Shooting Bench, right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network. Okay, we're back. Let's finish this up here. I had a, uh, like I said, I had a little bit of gun stuff I wanted to share with you tonight. And let me bring this up. Here we go. There is you guys have heard of Magnum Research. We've talked about Magnum Research. So they got some awesome guns. They've got some uh they've got some big flipping revolvers, you know, and they actually have a full line of what they call BFR, and that's what it's for. And they um they've got some rifles, they've got a uh something that is um uh, uh, like a 10, like a Ruger 10 22. And I think they have one of those in 22 Magnum. And I'm not sure if they're still making that or not, but I sure did want one of them. They're not cheap. Anything from Magnum research is, uh, it's going to cost you, but it's good, good quality stuff. Anyway, they've come out here with a revolver. And <laughs> if you're not, very comfortable with shooting a 44 Magnum with one hand. Um, don't bother getting one of these because I think it's going to be uh, an event when you touch this off. There's quite a few 4570 handguns out there. None of them are pleasant to shoot. Uh, I had one in a, uh, Thompson Center contender for a while with a 12 inch Hunter barrel on it, or four, maybe it was, no, it's 12 inch. And it was, it was an event when you set that thing off. It was, it was not for the, for the weak of heart. I will promise you, it was not for the beginning handgunner. Uh, if you weren't prepared to, uh, deal with that, then probably be best to stay away from it. But as I talked about before, it was extremely accurate for its size that it was. I had a scope on. It. I actually went through uh, uh, I think I think three scopes on that thing before I finally found finally found one that would uh, uh, withstand the brutality. That it had to endure every time you pulled the trigger on that thing. It wasn't, it wasn't funny. It was, it was, uh, it was a damn sure, a, um, quite a deal. But like I said, it was accurate. I killed, uh, several deer with it. Now, uh, a 4570 handgun down in Georgia for those little whitetails, uh, kind of uncalled for. But, um, But it worked. I mean, if I, if I hit them, they, nobody run away. I didn't, I didn't do any tracking. I didn't have to follow them into the woods. When I pulled the trigger, it was Delta Romeo Tango. Um, they didn't, never took a step. So that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's no, there's no honor. There's no pride in using the smallest gun that you possibly can to see if it works. I know that a forty five seventy works on a whitetail or a grizzly bear or a M1 tank or, or whatever you want to use it on. So they uh back to what this there's one called the Thunder Snub. This is a BFR, the Thunder Snub in 4570 government. This is a <laughs> This is a, I think it's a, uh, what did I say, is two-inch, two or two-and-a-half-inch barrel or something like that. It is a four-shot, I believe. And it was, let me see here, let me, I look, maybe they have two of them, let's see. I believe that every family needs a cool cousin to live life to his fullest. In our family, it was Cousin Steve. He built a monster truck, hand-stitched his own mountain man, buckskin clothing, and is currently cobbling, cobbling together a black powder four-bore. A uh, four-bore is a uh, like three times bigger than a 12-gauge. It's like as big as a, about the size of a, not quite as big as a golf ball. It is, well, it says right here, it's 1.05-inch diameter lead ball. Weighs a quarter of a pound. So they did make one other shotgun, uh, in history. They made a two bore, but, uh, they were made in England and the deal that I saw, I'll never forget. I don't remember. It's in one of my books and I'll never forget what it said. Uh, they, there was like, I think they said there was like six of them made or something like that. It said at the time that the, number of men with the physique to handle this thing were were limited and or something like that I don't remember exactly what but it was it was somewhere along those lines so this guy that uh, they said that in his youth he would set out to own the most powerful handgun he could find which ended up being a bolt action Remington 700 chambered in um, 458 Winchester Magnum. Needless to say I look forward to our conversation then. Yeah. A few months ago, Steve and I were enjoying plates of barbecue at a family dinner when the subject of uh, discussion turned to the venerable 4570 government cartridge. He mentioned that a friend of his had an American Derringer M4 Alaskan survival model chambered in 45. Now that's not survival. That's, that's like pretty close to suicide in a, in a, in a Derringer. I uh, said it produces the level of felt recoil, which takes one's breath away. I said I hadn't shot anything that small, but I did like shooting the seven and a half inch barrel Magnum Research 4570 um, BFR. It can be a handful, but it's certainly much more pleasant to work with than a Derringer. I can imagine that it would be. Then came the magical phrase, I can't remember who said it for sure, from which so many great ideas have been born. Wouldn't it be cool? Which was followed by, if you could try firing a 4570 government out of a snub-nosed revolver, uh, out of a, to, to see how it performs. Well, they warmed up to the idea right away and decided they'd, uh, none of them, neither one of them had ever seen anything like that. So they set out to, to, uh, make one. So soon after this little conversation, the barbecue was over. They called the guy at Magnum Research, and and um, they they say BFR stands for Big Frame Revolver, but that's not how it got its name. Anyway, um, this guy called him. He learned two things from this. He said that they'll trim a ten and a half or seven and a half inch barrel down to just three inches if you're willing to sacrifice the ejector assembly, which is five and a half inches long. They'd done it before for some other customers, and a three-inch barrel is the same length as the cylinder, so the proportions work out nicely. Um, Lost my place here. Second thing they said was that uh, we didn't have, have to hash through all the various custom features over the phone like we like we used to instead magnum research now has the custom bfrrevolver.com website It provides a menu of features for both the short and long cylinder models and starts you off with the basic model like the one that is shown in this picture here then you go through and pick all the features you want you want and get the you know the the grips and the frame angle and all this stuff so just to show how different this BFR can be, there's a uh, in this picture. It shows a standard, you know, off-the-shelf seven and a half inch barrel, long cylinder revolver. Obviously, long cylinders for the forty-five seventy, and the Thunder Snub. This Thunder Snub doesn't even look well. Yeah, it does. It does look fun. I want to shoot twice. I just don't want to buy one. I want to find somebody that has one. I want them to let me shoot it a few times and then I just want to go on my way and give it back to them. The BFR originally is a five shot, uh, single action revolver and they've been out for a long time. They've had some marvelous, remarkable revolvers out there. Just, uh, their, their work is, is just grand and it's really good. Uh, so in this case, Let's see, it talks about the ejector housing. Um, Where is... Looking for... The cylinder can be unfluted, fluted. fluted. Um, It's not, not looking for the detail that I'm looking for yet. You notice there's no trigger job or trigger upgrade on the menu. That's because every BFR is shipped with a tuned trigger. This BFR trigger was smooth and clean at three pounds and one ounce trigger pull. Fully adjustable rear sight and fixed blade front sight standard. And I'm looking at this cylinder here, depending on which caliber. Okay. That's why they got two cylinders. So you can get this in uh, other than the 4570. You can get a 4570, 40, 450 Marlin. 458 SOCOM and the 4590 Winchester. So, this guy did order another cylinder for it, he said that's another story for another time. So, the most noticeable change is 3-inch barrel, shorting the barrel beyond the standard length adds $50 to the cost of the project. I also wanted some custom engraving on the frame with 4570 Government on the right side and 4570 Thunder Snub on the left. Must be nice just to be able to call and say, hey, I'd like for you to make this like twenty five hundred dollar revolver for me. I don't know how much it is, I haven't got that far yet. So I had a good idea what to expect from what I saw on the on the website. Um the you know, octagon barrel and the five side cylinder look great together. Still not exactly what I'm looking for. Um unloaded weight of three pounds, six point seven ounces. And I'm still looking. Shows the different, uh, different rounds it's putting through here.
2: Well,
1: it's not telling me. It looks to me. Okay, there it is. That's what I was looking for. All right. This five sided cylinder. That's what I was looking trying to see if it was a four shot or five shot. It is indeed a five shot 4570 and uh <coughs> this is quite a deal and i would i you know i i don't know what i'd use it for other than to you know fool with the the people that that monitor the earthquake deals the, the seismograph people but other than that i don't know what i'd use it for down here in this part of the country um anyway let's see if i can scroll down here real quick and see what the, uh, said it would shoot, so to say, they, they said they have, he's got associates that'll shoot a hundred, or a hundred and fifty, an inch and a half group at fifty yards. That's a little hard for me to swallow, but by golly, if they can do it, then more power to them. I would be tickled to death if it shot three inches at fifty yards. Shot twice that, I would be happy as a pig and slop. That would be, Fine and dandy. Okay, I think we're getting close to. Yep, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. For a mirror, twenty six hundred and fifty dollars. You can get one just like this, just like this one here. Man, uh, manufactured by Magnum Research, uh, long cylinder. Go to custombfrrevolver.com com to order your your uh, features here. Single action center fire revolver. So on and so forth, da 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 da, da. and comes with a hard case, owners manual. How about that? For twenty six hundred and fifty dollars, you get your own hard case, owners manual. How about that? Okay, that's a uh, that's a, that's a thing. That's a, I think that's cool. Anyway, okay. Well, here we go. Let's let's get another uh, gun thing here. You know, we talked about. A lot of talk about red flag laws and confiscations and stuff going on right now. There was a uh, event here in Blaine, Kentucky, just no, um, oh, three or four months ago. And the significance of this is not the date; it's actually what happened here. The these uh, girls or teenagers, I think there was one boy there, were left home alone, which is fine. They were plenty old enough. This, the youngest one, I think, was 14. And some guys came, whatever reason, knew they were home alone or something, or maybe they thought nobody was home, and tried to get in. They tried to kick the door in. They tried to, you know uh pry open a a door and a window and all this they went around to the back i think and then the two of them got in an argument and distracted them from what they were doing the girl 14 year old girl took advantage of this time and went and got a nine millimeter handgun and uh blazed away at them i think actually i think she just fired one round but anyway they left okay now this girl, according to this article, doesn't look like she had any training other than the fact that she knew how to load it. I think that daddy's just gone out with them and or mommy, maybe, and uh over the behind the tailgate of the truck and said, Okay, here you go, it's loaded and ready to go, point it out there and pull the trigger. And uh that that seemed like that's probably about all the training she had. So it was fine for this instance. For this particular time it worked out. But just like so many other stories that we've talked about, what if they hadn't have left? Was she prepared to do this a little more up close and personal had they made it through the door? Was she a good enough shot? Because the story actually says fired around in their general direction. So there's no indication of whether the guy, either of the guys were hit or not. But it scared them away. It worked. And I don't want you to think I'm always trying to find the bad side and take stuff away from people when this works. It worked great, and I'm proud of her, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. But I have to always throw a what-if in there. If, um, you know, if, if the guys would have, maybe if they had had a gun of their own. Maybe if, you know, there's a lot of maybes and a lot of what-ifs there. But, you um, the, the thing here, two things, three things. One, if, four things, if these guns would have had to have been locked up, like some states, like California, this may have not have been possible. If the, uh, well, the confiscation wouldn't matter because there was no reason to do that. Hold on, man. I'm gonna wet my whistle here a little bit. Mm, boy, that's good. Um, oh, the other thing here was if if um, well, no, no ifs. I guess what what I'm trying to say, if I can get it spit out, is start your kids young. I've told you time and again, I started my kids out when they were about three years old. By the time they were six, they were shooting as good as most adults that I know. I don't know how many times I've told you that little story. But I was absolutely confident there was always a gun somewhere that they could get to. Not when they were six, no, but when they got uh, got a little older. Matter of fact, most of them had their own guns. Uh, My youngest got her rifle her first rifle when she was 6 or her 6th birthday actually actually uh she still has it today she's got it with her right now in, uh, in another state but, but um teach them young uh don't just stand out there and let them pull the trigger teach them a little bit about uh shot placement and not not when they're 6 okay but uh, as they start getting a little older Start trying to instill in them the urgency of defensive shooting and what they may have to do to save their life or save the life of their siblings. You know, there's a story, and I don't remember all the details, but it was a long time ago. And this, um, it was in California, and this guy had attacked this family, I, I'm, I think, I don't remember for sure, more than once, which doesn't matter. They attacked this time. Uh, guns were all locked up. And they, this, this guy broke in, killed all the kids. There was either three or four kids. Uh, one of them tried to fight back with a pitchfork. That's all they had. They knew how to use the guns they'd shot before. But due to California law, they were all locked up. Uh, due to California law, they couldn't leave the key with anybody under, you know, couldn't allow access to people under probably 21 or whatever, I'm not sure what the law says. But anyway, that's where we're heading. That's where we're going with this, uh with all this confiscations and red flags and new gun legislation. You know, in spite of the huge showing we made in Virginia, uh they turned right around here last day or two and and passed seven anti-gun laws in 90 minutes the debate and this discussion was already done it was already over they knew what they were going to do they said here's the first one boom pass here's the second one bang in 90 minutes and it was over with And you can expect this wherever you are. If you think it's not coming to someplace near you, uh, right here in Arizona, we've got some worries with our rhino governor who is still on the, the red flag train. Uh, this, this has to be stopped. And uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. Um. Something, something has to give at some point. Not sure what it's going to be. But something has to give. All right, let me see if there's anything else here pressing. We're about to run out of time. Let's see here. Um. Tennessee, Bill. Yeah, we talked about that one. Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, that's pretty good timing. I think we pretty well got everything taken care of. So with all that being said, I think we'll kind of scoot over here and ease on towards the door a little bit and work on getting out of here. Uh, Wednesday we'll be back with, um, we've got some more gun stuff to put out Wednesday that's not, uh, not dated, not urgent. So we can squeeze it in there. And uh, I have no doubt. I have no doubt whatsoever. That we will have a full menu on Wednesday. So I appreciate you joining me tonight and I hope you'll come back when, by the way, I, uh, no, I said this at the first of the show, I still can't see my chat room. So I, I really apologize for that, but, um, I might, if something doesn't happen here, if this continues, you know, we may trade, we may change chat rooms. I don't know. I'll tell you something else that's happened and I, I forgot to tell you earlier. Uh, Gab now has some encrypted private chat rooms. So uh, what I, I don't think that we can play the show through them. So that may not be an, uh, may not be a possibility. You do have to be a member of Gab, obviously, to join these other chat rooms. So, uh, it may be something. I've already started one called the shooting bench. I haven't done anything with it yet. I just started it yesterday. So I'll, uh, I'll get that going for those of you that are GAB members. Look me up over there and, uh, find the shooting bench on these encrypted chats. So alright, I'm, I'm uh, rambling. So I'm going to get out of here and we'll see you guys Wednesday night. Thank you for joining me. Well. That wraps up another edition of the shooting bench. Join me Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific and again on Fridays from 7 to 10 for the shooting bench. Good night. And thanks for joining no me.
0: Explanation, no reconciliation. us no it over number I can call. Goodbye says it all. It it all.